I invite you to open up to the last few verses of Jude. And really excited about what God is doing. Summertime, exciting time, vacation time for a lot. Um, eight years ago on this uh, Sunday, we was our first Sunday here at the church as officially as a pastor. And um, I remember that day well and, and how God blessed. And so we're so thankful what the Lord's doing here. And it's, we're grateful to be with you today. It's exciting at times here. And, and uh, we're going to really talk about how do we deal with the world that we're living in um, and what are some of the things that we should do. So if you notice here in, in Jude, and we looked at verses 17 and on the last uh, couple of weeks here, and you understand that we are living in a world that is filled with false teaching. And I'm here to tell you this. Uh, the, the people that pose the greatest danger to us are also our mission field. And we forget about that. In fact, we run from them. And we shouldn't. We should advance them with the very gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and here's, here's what's amazing. There are people all over the map. When, when you hear the word evangelism, some people tell you, you got to share the gospel. But they, they make it seem like it's a cookie cutter, that every person is ready to hear the same thing at the same time. And that's what I love about evangelism. No, it's not. There are people all over the map. There are people who are doubting. We're going to talk about those. There are people who are in danger. They're, 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 they're heading down destruction. There are people that are entrenched in false teaching. And we don't have the same script for all of them. But we do have the same message, which is amazing. But the approach is different, as we're going to see here in a moment. I was... Uh, reading a little bit about a University of Cincinnati student who got a zero on her exam because she put on the paper that there are a biological woman and they gave her a zero because she used those terms. It's an amazing world that we live in. And we get all upset about these things, but we got to understand that these people are part of our mission field. So as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want you to... To notice here how Jude in, in verses 22 and on is going to divide them into three different groups. Notice here in, in the verses here, as you see, he's going to talk about those who are doubting. In, in verse 23, he's going to mention those who are headed and they're on the highway to hell. Verse, verse 23 there, we're going to talk about that in a moment, the fire. And then there's some who are polluted, some who are entrenched in the very false doctrine itself. They believe it, they're living it, they're listening to it, they've been entrenched in it in verse 23, and we're going to look at that. But, before we go into this, it's summertime, we're all tired, some of us had guests in our house yet last night, some of us ate a lot of lasagna. <laughs> Yeah, we shared, but uh, we share. But they, um, you know, Indian family, so they didn't like the lasagna as much, so I had to eat a double portion for them. And, um, and so we're all tired and we're all ready to go to sleep. But what we're going to do is we're going to pray that God keeps us alert and that we put into practice this very important last words of, of Jude. So let's, let's bow in prayer. Our Father, as we get into this wonderful passage of Scripture, 
Lord, I pray that you would help us to put aside distractions and that you would help us, Lord, to study your word together. When we think of evangelism, we get all worried and scared. And yet many are just sitting around not doing anything while people are headed to the very pit of hell. And hell is not a popular word right now. People don't want to hear it. And many, even in the church, don't want to believe it. But it is real. And so God, help us. Help us to be your instruments in your hands that you would use us to share the wonderful message of Jesus Christ. And that God, that those around us, whether they're doubting, whether they're in danger, whether they are entrenched and defiled, that you would use us to be instruments in your hands to help them to see what the gospel is about and that God to point them to Christ. Help us, Lord, to do that. Give us strength, give us grace this morning. Keep us alert. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you hear the word evangelism, what do you think about? How many feel guilty when they hear that word? I got to go out and evangelize. I got to go out and evangelize. Some get scared. Right? People get scared. Uh, people make you feel feel guilty about it. How many people did you, you, you evangelize to this week? Raise your hand. Who are you witnessing to this week? And we feel guilty. In one denomination, listen to this, somebody did a survey and they found out that 95% of Southern Baptists in their churches have never verbally shared the gospel with anyone ever in their lives. 95%. Now, you may be sitting here and saying, I'm part of that 95%. That's okay. Today, your life is going to change. Amen? Amen. Today's the day to start. I'm going to help you. I'm going to go right through this text with you, and, and Lord willing, Jude's going to help us in how we do this. But we ought to share the gospel with others. We ought to evangelize. Now, as we're going to see here in the first one, what do we do? Notice this in verse 22. He says, and, and have mercy on some who are doubting. So there are people who are wavering. There are people who are wondering whether or not the Bible is true. These are the people that when you talk to, they're sitting there listening to you in verse 22. They're, they're looking at you, but they're really not convinced. They want to know, is the Bible true? Is God true? How about this one? How do you answer this one? If God is a good God, why is there so much evil in the world? Anybody ever ask you that? Those are doubting people. They're wavering. They don't know if the false teaching is true. They don't know if what you're teaching them is true. They can't discern you between you and a Mormon. How are you different? Other than you don't have the white shirt and the name that says elder so-and-so here. They don't know if you're a Jehovah Witness or a Bible believer. They say, what kind of church do you go to? I love when they ask me that. I say, you know what? We go to a non-denominational church. We can't make up our minds. <laughs> they look at us and say, what? <laughs> By the way, non-denominational is a denomination. Because when you're non-denominational, but we won't go anywhere. But you know, we won't go there. But you know, we can't make up your minds. So what do you believe? What do you do? And they're doubting. Here's how we handle those people. Look what he says here. When people are doubting like this, we have mercy on them. 
We have pity on them. We don't ridicule them. We don't respond to them and say, come on, it's clear in the Bible, figure it out for yourself. We don't say, how many years have you been in the church and you still don't know the Bible? We don't put them down. We don't ridicule them. But here's what we do. We prayerfully, patiently point them to the scriptures and we have pity upon them. They are wavering. They're wondering. Young people often wonder. Did they really believe what they're saying? Is it, is it really true? Is the, is the Bible, how can the Bible be true? And they're wondering. They're wavering. They're doubting. We have patience with them. We, we, we prayerfully point them to the scriptures. If there's a good God, how can there be so much evil in the world? Well, let's talk about that. Let's open the Bible to Romans 8. Let's open the Bible to different parts and we talk about that and we talk them through that. We patiently point them to the scriptures. We have pity upon them rather than ridicule them and ignore them. But there's others. Notice this in verse 22. They're doubting. In verse 23, he doesn't say these people are doubting. He says to do what in verse 23? We are to save others. Now here's what's interesting. Only God saves. Amen? You know, I remember when my mother was really mad at the church and she would say, you know, these people are never going to save anyone. He's saying save others. What he's saying is we need to be instruments in God's hands to share the gospel with others so that they get saved. In other words, nobody will ever get saved unless we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we think, I'll just prayerfully pray for them to get saved. Well, we need to share Christ with them as well. Save others. How do we do it? Well, watch this. It says, save others, snatching them out of the what? Now, I know that we don't like to talk about hell. And I remember I preached a message called the horrors of hell. And right after I preached that message, a lady that came to church died. Interesting. And we don't know whether or not she was saved. But she heard the message of the horrors of hell. Let me tell you something about hell. If you ever studied Luke 16. When we talk about hell, this isn't Jeremy's stream of doctrine of hell. This is the Bible's doctrine of hell. It is a place of eternal conscious torment. Eternal conscious torment. It is a place where there is no second chance. People say, well, maybe they get to hell and they make up their minds and they, they want to go to heaven. No, there's no chance once they get to hell. There is no second chance. Nobody can go from hell to heaven. Nobody can go from heaven to hell. The gap is too big. Here's another thing you may not know about hell. According to Luke 16, it's not a place where the people in hell want you to be. I used to tell people, I'm going to hell with my family. I could care less. I want to go to hell with them. You know what? Even the people in hell don't want you there. The rich man said, send somebody. Send one of my brothers. Send somebody, send somebody to my brothers. Please, I don't want them to come here. And then let me tell you something about hell. You don't have to go there. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, you don't have to go to hell. But hell is real. And let me just tell you something. There are people on the highway to hell. They are in danger. 
And how do we handle those people? Look at it, verse 23. He doesn't say we go up to him and say, hey, excuse me, sir. I understand that you're going to hell. Can, can, you know, can I talk to you? No, we snatch them. We look at the word. We harpoon them. Look at this. We, we rescue them. It's an interesting Greek word. We snatch them from the very fire. Their time is short. We don't watch them. We don't worry about them. We go up to them and we give them the gospel. We say to them, what you are believing is wrong. You are headed to the very pit of hell and I'm here to help you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us, when we see people headed to the, to the pit of hell, we just say, you know what? I can care less. No, we have to understand what hell is about and snatch them from that path. Many of you know John Wesley. Did you know that John Wesley, when he was four years old, the house was burning down. Somebody snatched him out of the house and saved his life. And then later on, somebody witnessed to John Wesley. And guess what? They snatched him out of the very fire of hell. We snatched them. These are the people that we're not just going up to them and saying very nicely. We're saying, you know what? You, you're listening to the wrong people. You, you, you're listening to You are heading down to destruction. They'll say to you, but this seems so right to me. Then we bring them to that verse. There's a Bible verse that says, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to what? Destruction. There's only one way, and it's through Jesus. We harpoon them, is the word. We snatched him. Can you imagine if there was a fireman and he's, he walks by and there's a house burning and there's somebody, there's a kid in the house and the fireman goes, I'm out here. If you can get out by yourself, just let me know. What does the fireman do? Runs into the house, grabs the kid and snatches the kid out of the house. And yet there's people all around us. Their souls are about to head to an eternal hell and we're just sitting here watching. No, we snatched them. We harpoon them. He's saying here, time is very short. But then there's others. Look at this. That are entrenched in false doctrine. That are believing the lies. These are the people whose lives and thinking have been entrenched in the very false doctrine that is out there. These are the people that have had the sex change. These are the people that are believing what the cults are teaching. These are the people that are entrenched in it. Now, now Jude is going to get pretty interesting here. And I, I don't want us to miss this. He says, we ought to hate the garment polluted by the flesh. Now, how many have ever changed a dirty diaper? All right. Any, any testimonies here? Change a dirty diaper? How many have been soiled while changing a dirty diaper? We've all been there, right? The cute little kid decides to soil you. Here's, here's what's amazing. Jude pulls no punches here. He says their garments have been defiled by the flesh. Their garments have been soiled. And yet we are going to go talk to them as the same. So what he's saying here, here's how we handle people that are entrenched in it that are, are actually in it right now and believing the, the false doctrine. How do we handle them? Look what he says. We have mercy on them. Now don't miss this. We have pity on them. How many Christians do you know have pity on people that are entrenched in false doctrine? Normally they talk about them with hatred. 
and all these different things. No, no, we have pity on them. But notice what he says in verse 23. We have pity on them with what? Fear. You know what he's saying? Be careful how close you get to that false doctrine because you may end up believing it too. You say, not me. I go to a good non-denominational church. I'll never believe that stuff. You know how many people we've had here that believe false doctrine? Who come in here and hear preaching, who study the Bible, but yet still go after and follow the false teaching of the world. They're out there. Don't ever say, not me, because not me will be you if you're not careful. They are defiled. We handle them just like we would handle somebody's dirty underwear. That's pretty graphic. We are very careful that it's not us. I, I remember a pastor, a former pastor, he was working at Starbucks. And he had on a shirt on how he was supporting the troops. And I thought, wow, praise the Lord. You know, they have those shirts on that they support the troops have been deployed. What is it called? Red, red, right? When they're, 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 they're uh, praying for them. And then I look over here and he has on a rainbow flag. Here's a guy that has compassion, but his compassion has gone too far where he's become the people that he's trying to win. Jude says, don't do that. In fact, Jude is saying, you hate the, what they're doing. You don't hate them. You hate what they're doing. You hate, notice this here, even the garment polluted by the flesh. You go and you preach Christ to them, but you don't become like them, he's saying. You don't say, I got to be like them in order to win them. No, you don't. You don't need to be defiled to win the defiled. But you need to be careful that you don't get defiled. You need to have fear that that could be us. In fact, some Christians, they look so much like the world, you don't know who's saved. Watch this. Trish sent me a uh, uh, an article this week about Texas Christian University. Listen to this. Offers queer art of drag course, requiring students to create a drag persona. persona. In other words, they have to dress up and engage in these practices. For what? To show the world that they're okay? Listen, we don't need to be like the world to win the world. But we need to be very careful that we don't become like them. We don't hate them. We have mercy on them. But we're fearful that we're not defiled like them. And so somebody says, well, this is, I don't want to witness. This is no way. I mean, you're telling me I need to talk to people who are doubting and, and waste my time on them because I'm not going to convince them. How many of us have had conversations with people hours later and we've not convinced them at all? They're just the same thing. Have you been there? Man, I go there with expectations. I go out to lunch with them. I'm all excited. I'm going to change the world. Amen. And after three hours of talking to that doubter, they still doubt. How about getting those people who are heading to destruction and they're headed to the fire and you go there and you get burnt? Have you been there? You get so close to them, you pour your life out to them, you tell them, look, your life is, you go down that path, you're headed to destruction, I'm here to help you. And they hate you, they want nothing to do with you, they say all kinds of things, you get burnt. You been there? I've been there. 
How about when you go and you really meet with those people that are entrenched in the false doctrine? And let me just tell you something. I don't care how strong you are. It affects you. There are conversations I have. I go home. I can't even pay attention to my family and my kids because of the things that I just heard. It affects your body. It affects your soul. You can't sleep at night. It hurts you. If it doesn't hurt you, something's wrong. You get so close and you hear about their lives and how they're entrenched in these things and you say, Lord, what in the world is going on? And, and you feel it. And you say, you know what? I'm just going to stop talking to people because if I, I talk to them, they don't change. Or if I talk to them, I get burnt. Or if I talk to them, I get bothered and I just, I can't sleep at night. So why talk to them? You know what Jude says? You do not run away from them. You continue to advance in the midst of this. You say, how in the world am I supposed to do that? Look at verses 24 and 25. This is beautiful. He's saying, in the midst of all this, you continue to go forward. You do not withdraw. You do not run away from them. Remember, they are our mission field. They are the ones that God has put into our, our lives. So how do we do it? Well, we trust in the very power of God. We're going to see here in a moment. We're going to very, we're going to trust and rest in the person of God. And then we're going to rest in the very, and we're going to praise God. Watch this here in verse 24. Look at this. In the midst of all the false teaching, in the midst of going after the doubters and the people who are headed to destruction and the people who are defiled. Watch verse 24. Rest in verse 24. Now to him who is what? Able. I love that part. Our God is able. You say, what is your God able to do? Watch this. Our God is able to what? Keep you. I am so glad. Because if it was left up to me, I'd be a false teacher. Let me just tell you this. If it was left up to me, I'd be a woman right now. You say, wait a minute, this guy's nuts. What can happen without the grace of God in my life? Think about that. If it was left up to you, you would be in big trouble right now. He is able to keep you. Not yourself. Don't ever trust in your own power to maintain this. You can't. We would be that if it wasn't for the grace of God. I'd be wearing the rainbow flag today. I'd be down that path listening to the false teachers if it wasn't for the very grace of God. I am not better than anyone. It's only by the grace of God. He is able to keep us. Watch what he's able to do. Keep us from what? From stumbling. Notice that word. It's used of a horse. I hate horses. I don't know why does he use the word, but horses. I hate horses. But look at this. It's used of a horse, a sure-footed horse. A horse that doesn't stumble. You ever been on a dumb one that stumbles? I have. We were one time we were riding horses, the dumb thing just laid down. I mean, you think horses are dumb. They are. But anyway, look at this here. This sure-footed horse that doesn't stumble while it's running. Or when applied to human beings, it's used of people who don't fall into moral lapses. Or fall into error. Or grievous sins. Notice what he's saying. Our God is able to stop us from falling into error. And into grievous sins. 
Only our God. Some people says, but why do, why, do, why do people fall into him anyway? They do. Because they don't rest in the very power of God. But he is saying, our God is able to do that. He is able to make you stand. And watch this here. He, he is able to keep you from stumbling. And this is beautiful. And make you stand where? In the presence of his glory. And notice the next word there. Blameless. There's a lot of things we can't imagine about heaven. But one of the things that blows my mind about heaven is when I stand before God, there's not going to be one sin charged against me. That blows my mind. With all the stuff in my life, not one of those things are going to be mentioned. We're going to be spotless is the word. You say how? Because we've been plucked out of the fire. We've been rescued from the very pit of hell. And we've been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And just like he looks at his son as being spotless. We are spotless before his sight. And he is able to make a stand. And when we stand in face to face with our God. We're going to be blameless before him. Wow. Think about that. If that doesn't excite you. I don't know what will. With all the garbage in our lives. Now one of us is going to be there. You see, we forget about salvation. We just think, oh, I'm saved from my sins. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. We're saved from the penalty of sin. We're saved. We're being saved from the very power of sin. But one day we're going to be saved from the very presence of sin. Spotless before our God. Blameless. The word there is without fault. By the way, when somebody was to offer sacrifice to God, they had to offer a spotless sacrifice to God. This word is used of Jesus. He is the spotless Lamb of God. Acceptable to God. Wow, what a concept of heaven. No charge against us will stand before Him. But watch this here. Look how we're going to be with exceeding what? Joy. Great joy. You know how heaven's going to be? We're going to be excited to be there. We are going to be elated. We're going to be we're going to be so excited. There's going to be great joy. Why? Because we made it. We're there. Yes. Praise God. Yes. We're there. We made it. We made it by His grace. We're there in His presence forever and ever. There's going to be great joy in heaven. I look at it like this. The Stouts got to go see the Angels the other night. And they were really excited about the Angel-Rocky game. Why? Because Otani hit a home run and they had joy. And then Trout hit a home run and they had joy. But what they weren't thinking about is that in the bottom of the eighth, the Rockies hit a grand slam and the whole crowd had joy. Amen? <laughs> they don't have joy right now. They're ready to kill me. How is heaven going to be? We're going to have great... It's going to be like somebody hit a grand slam. We're going to be... We're there. Exceeding joy. Now watch this. He doesn't stop there. He says, rest in the very power of God that is able to, to keep you from stumbling and to present you in his presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Now watch this, verse 25. Who is he? Who is this God? 
Verse 25, he tells us he's the only God. Do Christians believe in three gods? No, we believe in one God. There's only one God. He's the only God. He, he, he simplifies things. You can't have your God and I can have my God. He has his God and they have all ever. There's only one God. And guess what kind of God he is? Look at this. He's our Savior. You know what kind of God we have? We have a God who rescues souls. We have a God who cares about souls. Do you know why we evangelize? We evangelize because we have a God who cares about others. And if that doesn't get us evangelizing, then we won't understand. You say, how much does God care about us? Look how he saves us. He saves us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. There's only one way. It's through Jesus. There's only one way to be saved. The Bible is very simple. There's, there's, there's God and there's man and there's only one mediator between God and man and that is Jesus Christ. He sent his son. Now notice what Jesus said. The son of man has come for what? To seek and to save that which was lost. Yes. He came to die on the cross, to be buried, and he rose again. He is a saving God. That's why we preach him. He says he is the only God. He is our savior. He has done it through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now how should we praise him? We give him glory, praise God. The glory talks about the radiance of his light, the presence of his, the outward manifestation of his character. We give him majesty, the excellency of who he is. Dominion talks about his very power. We have a God who is powerful. And the authority speaks of what? This is God's world. He has a right to rule it and do what he wants. That's right. And let me tell you when this has happened, Jude said, this has happened before all time. It's happening now, and guess what else is going to happen forever and ever? Amen. Wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't finish. That's the last word in this book. Seven messages, and I finally got to the last word. And you stole it from me. No, I'm kidding. I was dying to say it. That's all right, Amy. What does amen mean? So be it. This is true. This is real. You know what we say to those who are doubting? This is real. This is real. Yes. You know what we talk about those who are in danger? You know what we say to them? This is real. Your life is headed down the path of destruction. This is real. We don't just sit here. We are going to harpoon you. We are not going to just let you go to hell. We're going to talk to you about who the Lord Jesus Christ is. You know, we say to people who are entrenched in false doctrine and living the lie, we say, this is real. This word is real. We have one God, and he is the Savior, and he has sent his Son for you. Now, what are you going to do with him? You see, that part we can't control. And praise God, that part is not up to us. You see, as one person said it well, evangelism isn't bringing people to Christ. Evangelism is bringing Christ to people. That's right. There's a big difference. See, people get on themselves because they say, I haven't seen anyone come to Christ. Well, that's not your job. Your job is to bring Christ to them Amen. and let God work. Some you're going to meet that are going to doubt is that true? Is the Bible true? 
patience, prayerfully pointing them to the scriptures. Others you're going to meet and they're on that highway to hell. They could care less. They're headed down and they're, they're in danger. What do you do? You stand before him and say, no way am I going to let you do that. What you're believing is a lie. I'm here to tell you what Jesus Christ is. I'm not going to let you go down that path. And then there's some that are so defiled and entrenched in it. We go after them, but we're careful that we don't become like them. And whenever we're worried of whether or not we're going to make it, we rest in the very power of God that he is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us before him spotless. Amen. And we give him glory and praise. Yes. So, the ones that are doubting in your, in your life right now, deal gently with them and point them to the scriptures. The ones that are headed down to destruction... Deal quickly with them. Time is short. And the ones that are defiled and living entrenched in that, you deal carefully with them. But deal with them. With fear. Hating not them, but hating the sin that they're living in. Let's pray. Our Father, we, we thank You so much for Your Scriptures, Lord. And we thank You so much for this powerful passage of Scripture. This convicting passage of Scripture. And Lord, I pray for each one here. I pray, God, that they wouldn't see evangelism as bringing people to Christ, but evangelism as bringing Christ to people. I pray, Lord, that you would help them understand that, Lord, there's some that are out there that are doubting. They're wavering. They're wondering, are we the false teachers or are other false teachers telling the truth? That, God, that you would help us to patiently point them to the Scriptures and let you be true and all others be liars. I pray, God, for those that are headed down to destruction, their path, they're in danger. God, give us a heart. Help us, Lord, not just to watch them or just even worry about them, but help us to snatch them out of the very fire that they're headed to. And God, I pray for those that are entrenched in false doctrine, that we would have mercy on them, pity on them, but we would have fear as well, because that could be us if it isn't for the grace of God. So help us, Lord, to approach them, not hating them and talking them down, but hating the very garment that's been defiled by the flesh. Hating the sin, but loving the sinner. And God, now unto you who is able. You are able to keep us, to keep us from stumbling. Lord, if it was up to ourselves, we would all be entrenched in that stuff. But God, thank you so much for keeping us from stumbling. And to be able to make a stand in your presence one day, spotless, without fault. Only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that one day we'll stand before you with great joy. Although in this world we experience a lot of pain and suffering. 
Thank you, Lord, that you're the only God, that you're a saving God, that you sent your son to die for us, yes. buried and rose again. Thank you for that. Yes. To him, Lord, be all the glory. To him be all the majesty. To him be all the power, the dominion. To him be all the authority. Both now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Let's go get him this week. Amen. If you will, please.